Is it on? Yeah, it's on. It's on. I feel naked because my I don't have any booze for this episode, and we're doing LSU, which I feel like is a missed opportunity. Yeah, we should have been drinking bourbon, but I'm sick, so I probably shouldn't be drinking alcohol at all. How do I just like anybody with kids? I feel like gets sick like every three weeks. Yeah, it's true. This is the most I've been sick. Like what I tell my boss like at least once a month, like, oh my god, I got food poisoning. Ah. Just go to Tommy Man. Lee's Twitter account real quick and just look at the last tweet that he had. It's it's a it's a doozy. He blocked me actually. So, oh yeah. <laughs> What's his handle? I don't know. Just look up Tommy Lee Twitter. I follow a lot of Tommy Lee Jones like fan accounts. So what not Tommy Lee Jones, dude. This is, he just why <laughs> I don't why did you make me do that? I I don't know. He we posted it on Instagram. Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to oh, you by Saturday Down South. Here's my thing, Tyler. Right off the bat, let me just tell you something right now. Tommy Lee, before we started this fucking show, right before Tyler started counting down, he forced me to go look at an Instagram slash Twitter picture of Tommy Lee, not Tommy Lee Jones, because that would have been way worse. Tommy, just Tommy Lee. His right? name is Tommy. Of course it is. That's so, that's so cool. Tommy Lee, uh, his dick, which we've all seen that dick before. If you were 11 and grew up when the internet first came around, we've all seen that dick. But I will say, it's. I feel like we people think that we're such like we're so united now as a country and i think this dick pic yeah not united i mean like not united what's the opposite of that okay. divided um i feel like and this this is gonna sound kind of crazy but I, i'm gonna say it i think that actual specific dick pic that lone tommy lee dick pic maybe the olive branch that we needed because before now it was just long branch that, that bald black dude whose dick was like hanging off that waterbed onto the floor. Right. Tommy Lee's the new guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Things are spiraling. Let's let's start over. Ready? Officially recorded. No, no more. No all more. of that stays in the show. <laughs> it's in the We're cold. live. All right. It wasn't a pull hey, over for Tommy Lee, am I right? <laughs> let's just get going. Ready? The Hamaconda. <laughs> all right. Everybody, three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host and Tommy Lee fo- lover. I, first off, Chris Mom. if you don't keep every bit of that inspirational speech I just I just delivered, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, man. if you're late to the show, uh, we, we like, you know, listen, we're professionals. We like to, it, I mean, listen, we're getting to the nitty gritty. We're, we're like... 18 days from football oh yeah um i think i don't know but i tell you what which means we're 17 days away from the live event i'm fucking getting there tyler yeah i know i can do the math my girlfriend's a math teacher um so if you have not seen in the facebook group because i don't know but maybe you were taking a few days off of facebook and being healthy or maybe i don't know the post just keeps getting buried behind Georgia fans who are still screaming into the abyss saying that I was told um, and then blah, blah, blah. But good news. And it's officially official. We are hosting. We're actually, we're not hosting um, our good friends at American spirit works distillery at the battery in Atlanta um, have decided probably against their better judgment to host a live event uh, and a college football kickoff 
party for the 22 season. It is Friday, August 26th from 7 to 9. Um, I tried to make it from 6 to 9. We couldn't swing it. Couldn't swing it. Um, would have been preferable. Uh, August 26th, it's a Friday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Um, and there's going to be – It's basically, it's, we're going to have, like, a, like I said, kickoff party. Uh, a listener meetup. We'll do like a live Q and A. We're not going to be recording a pod. It's not going to be a live pod necessarily. We're just going to be hanging out, drinking some fantastic bourbon and all sorts of other fine spirits. Um, and they have and some good stuff. They do, and you know what's the best part about this is like, I mean, I'm sure you saw. Like, I've been hard at work in the lab making some new stickers, and I'm pretty fucking pumped about it. Yeah. But that's not even the main attraction because American Spiritworks has already decided to uh, bless us with just several free. Um, giveaways and prizes to uh, listeners. We have not only hats, shirts, all sorts of ASW merch. We also have free booze to give away. Free booze. And so, I mean, some of you fans are going to fucking need it. Okay, Vandy opens up the next day at, at Hawaii. It's it's we're going to get into our fields. <laughs> what early. a matchup! Is it at Hawaii? Yeah. Wow. Good for those guys. Good for the Vandy. Any Vandy fans in the chat? Uh, and I know there's a lot out there. Yeah, for sure. Chime anyway, in yeah, if you're we'll headed to the Hawaii game. There. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll do a lot, like it, it'll be a fun night filled with you know we have like bourbon tastings. We can do a tour of the distillery. You're gonna get caught in so many awkward handshakes turned into a side hug from me. I mean, you can you your head's gonna spin. Okay, and um and then, like I said, we will do some giveaways and a, and a live Q and A. Um, and also, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll do like a TED Talk or read the vagina monologue since we've been talking about dick so much on this show today. <laughs> Fantastic. Where do we go from here? Um, we are previewing LSU tonight, so that will be the bulk of the show. But there is some drama going down up in Lexington that we wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to... Is it drama? I mean... No, I don't think it is. I think, like... Like, I just don't, Mark Stoops is not, the thing I think with, like, that we lose sight of, like, on social media is that most people are fucking adults. So if there's an issue with something, I know Mark Stoops quote tweeted Kyle Tucker or whatever, but I'm sure he had already spoken to Cal and there was, there, like, there's not any sort of awkward, bitter, whatever. It's it's definitely fodder for the, the media to to overreact to, which is great because I, I get to do that for work. Um, but no, I'm sure it was blown a little bit out of proportion. Cal does look like a douchebag. You know what my first thought was? And you, I feel like you'll probably back me up on this. Big Jimbo vibes. Yeah, big Jimbo. I agree with that. I didn't I didn't think of that until you just said it. I like that. Yeah, I knew you'd agree. Um, anything negative about Jimbo, you you love. I'm pouring myself up. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of in that party too now, though, after the whole Jimbo saving thing. Oh, that's not why I dislike him. I, 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 I do dislike him, but I think... Um, yeah, I mean, like, what you you kind of laid all that out when he was at FSU, and it's just like that whole oh shit, like I underperformed, I had to cover my ass, so let me just gaslight everyone and blame anyone but myself. Yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of Jimbo, did you see that fucking video of their quarterbacks going through drills today with Damian Craig? Yeah. Well, what was that? The, the like little hop pass thing. Most effeminate Tebow jump pass imaginable. Damian Craig was on. Uh, he actually landed uh, Jameis Winston at Florida State. So Damian Craig is something else, I guess. Uh, anyway, no, I funny. the Kentucky thing. Like bottom line, <clears throat> it, it just cracks me up now. Like we're so close to the season, which I think 
you should be getting more and more excited. But I think what it leads to is people getting more and more unhinged and like off the rails on social media. Like the takes are just fucking crazy. They are. When are they not on Twitter though? You know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, some, some guy like tried to bum rush the FBI today and was shot. What? (laughs) I don't like how you delivered that news at all. Why did you open with Tommy Lee's dick and then just (laughs) throw that in at at the tail end of our intro? There's just a lot going on. Um, Last night with Auburn and somebody flat out told me, one, you look like you, I can tell you have bad breath just from your profile picture, which seemed hurtful because I was chewing gum at the time. And then also you're lucky I don't come to Atlanta and beat your ass, you little leprechaun looking ass bitch, which I sometimes struggle with self-esteem. I not all, not currently, but a leprechaun said, he said, I looked like I was three foot eight and 156 pounds. So basically like a, like the inner part of a Russian stacking doll of Mark Mangino. It'd be a really fat, yeah, really fat leprechaun. Yeah, for sure. Damn, dude. Why were they so mad? I don't know. I mean, interesting. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think the Kentucky stuff, I mean, Coach Cal, I think he's one of the douchier guys in, in college sports, yeah. in my opinion. Stoops, I'm surprised he even got involved. I mean, he's always going kind of a low-key yeah. guy. Um, by the way, shout out to when we saw Stoops at the college football, uh, award show that we went to years back. I don't remember that. Remember? I remember you Gundy. Remember I don't remember that. And we just saw him and you were like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a bit bad story. <laughs> Hell of a story, um, dude. <laughs> uh, well, we've got two guests tonight for LSU. Yeah. Is there anything else we're missing right now? By the way, like Bama had a receiver get injured. I don't want to get into that. Um, it's top 25 week on SDS. I would oh, yeah. l- listen, feel like we should promote the site, but they don't even promote us. So it's like, whatever. Who fucking cares? Let's check it out if uh, you want to. If, if you don't, don't. Check out the podcast as often as possible. Yeah. Make- got to go to the, gotta go to the website, SaturdayDownSouth.com, top 25 week. Lots of top 20. Everybody loves rankings this time of year. Real, really any time of the year. You know, yeah, for sure. And also the one thing about rankings, and I don't I never envy anyone having to do this job. I, I honestly felt bad for Connor having to do this because um like I mean, just no matter what you put out, someone's gonna be like, You fucking clown. Like <laughs> I don't I mean for like and it's it, it some fan base is gonna be mad, like stop sleeping on so and so. My favorite's when they tag. Like my favorite trend before I was done was you would see these kids uh, tr- I feel like stop sleeping on so-and-so and then they would put the clown emoji three times and they would tag the player that we apparently were sleeping on. And then I would get like upset and click on their profile and it'd be some kid that was like, what's up, dude? My name's Jackson with two X's and I play lacrosse. I'm class of 28. And I was like, I can't even do that fucking math. Like, how old are you? <laughs> Just publicly shaming me. This kid's in fucking third grade, maybe seventh, maybe graduate. Jack's on the lax team. Am I right? Dude, that that probably was that's a missed opportunity. He didn't use that name for sure, but um, that sounds like you're going to the live show. Which, hey, look, if you want to do a set, Drake, we'd love to have you. <laughs> but anyway, the last thing I say about the top twenty-five rankings is I, I I looked at one, and it was Matt Hayes, who has once again said that Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football. Um, listen, and I say a lot of stuff to make people upset. I base most of my relationships off that. So I get it, but 
Anyway, check out. I, I think he's right. You're a um, idiot. Four against Saban. Uh, Mickey wants to talk 2019 LSU. Should we just do the whole podcast in 2019 LSU? I don't think that I mean, we, do we really want to preview the. T- we don't know much about the team. How can we preview them? They've already peaked, talk- and it was literally with my question at media days. Oh yeah, I got to send that thing to Matt. Hold on. That was fantastic. All right, send the link to our first guest. How in the meantime, um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope some of you guys or a lot of you guys can come out to the live show. It'd be great. I haven't met basically any of you. Um, yeah, I didn't know we haven't hung out in years. How do I fucking do this? Tyler? Uh, you see that little invite button there? No, Down at the bottom. I see leave studio, share settings, stop cam, and mute. Stop cam. All right, the other you thing you could do is you could uh, in the group chat we have with our producer, you could hold down the link that I sent for you to join. So much. Copy it and then send it to the guest. I'll tell you. Oh my god, I'm entering a different fucking portal. I hate. Why don't you just do this? Oh my lord. Oh my man! All right, let's uh, click yeah, here. Click here. Running blender. That's click here. Really click Robert. here. Robert St. Jean took some glamour shots on uh, Facebook, so congratulations to him. Do you mean to just tell you his email? What, how do we do this? You see nope. it? I I got it. I got it taken care of. Um. All right. Hopefully he responds to that, and we'll wait for him to join. Um. um Okay, well, he just sent you. There's some weird chat going on in the chat. Uh, I won't do a set, but you have my permission to promote the event saying Drake might show up and do a set with no further context. Thank you, no, we Drake. Drake from tonight. Drake Farm. Drake, Drake from. What if, like, yeah. Jake from decided to really get into this whole, like, radio personality and podcast thing and change his name to Drake, Drake from? Like really, really try to. I mean, he's gonna go bald. Like he might already be. I don't know. So it's not gonna last uh, for long. So am I. Um, speaking of that, if I'm feeling better tomorrow, I'm gonna go up and see uh, our our last guest, Drew Butler, and Jake Fromm. You going? Yeah. Oh well, you didn't say anything in the group chat. It, Tyler, I have 138 unread texts. I, like, <laughs> well, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, for sure. Hold on, my my lady is bringing me a beer. Already got a train, brother. Huh? Am I right? Thank you so much. I'm sorry for everything about me. All right, our our guest is here. What's up, dude? I'm so glad y'all are drinking. So am I. Yeah, <laughs> really you're drinking something better than Tyler's. Not he's a narc. Just throwing that out there. It's like yeah, no. Have you no, guys but met? I am excited. Yeah, well, this is our first time meeting. What's going on, Matt? How's it going, Tyler? Tyler, what's good, man? Nice to meet you. I'm excited to learn a little bit about LSU because I'm a Florida State alum, so I want to know what's going on in this first game. Uh, I, I think LSU's going to win it. Um, All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> <you> got- <laughs> hey, I want to know if Florida State actually bought 30,000 tickets because the word down here is that um, LSU fans stormed Florida State's website and bought tickets through Florida State. On January sixth, <laughs> no. <laughs> you knew I was going to do something. Uh, I, I, I know quite the least political human being. <laughs> I, 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 when we did the interview at, at Media Days, I could not. I'm not going to put this. I have to take my shirt off to put that on. Um, 
I, like that's the only reason I brought it up is because I you got so uncomfortable. I brought up the Biden Harson question. Also, this chair looks comfortable, but it also looks like you're wearing a fucking 1990s like neck okay. roll. So, you know what? That's a good point. Um, take that out. Oh, <laughs> wait, it's a bad look. More comfortable. What you do it? No, no, it's a bad look, and I wasn't even leaning back on it. No, you're right. Cool look. It's all about framing the shot. Uh, I, you know, I haven't heard that. I do know quite a few people going, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, let's just say that Florida State fans aren't exactly at um, peak excitement about the team these days. Okay, so like that's a good. See, that's a good uh, a good question though. Like, I mean, I kind of get year one with um, with Norvell is the COVID year, so to, in some yeah. degree, you kind of flush it. And, you know, last year there was improvement. I mean, Florida State was close so many times. Like, you look at the opener against Notre Dame. I mean, it was yeah. overtime. Yeah. Um, Tyler Tyler had a very famous tweet after that. He said, all I know is we got our coach. We got our guy. We got the right yeah, guy. That was tough. <laughs> and we lost it. It, was, it, was, it was tough to revisit that tweet the next week when we lost to Jacksonville State. Yeah, yeah. that was brutal. Um, <laughs> the um, – I don't know. That's the dreaded moral victory, man. The close yeah. loss to a good team. Uh, that got Charlie Weiss a lot of money at, in South Bend when with the Bush Push game. Yeah. So right. I weigh, I would way rather, you know, uh, be associated with a program that actually values winning the game. No disrespect. Yeah. I mean anything sure. about that. Sure. But um, I do. Th- oh, so specifically with the game, I think um, L- it's going to be a de facto home game for LSU. Uh, LSU does still have a lot of talent. I think their roster is yeah. better than Florida State's. Um, and I think Brian Kelly is just a better coach than Bell. And he'll sure. he'll maximize this roster. I, look, make no mistake, LSU's got issues. And I don't think this is a, a cakewalk. But I do think LSU will find a way to win the game. Okay. That's fair. I mean, yeah. They're, they're favored, and I would agree. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's been some interesting injury rumors in Tallahassee the last few days that have me very concerned. Yeah. what? Do tell. Uh, I, there's just rumors right now. Well, actually, one of them was actually announced out of the year. So our starting center was rumored to be injured today, and the backup center was towards ACL on Saturday. Oh, so, so that's for good. Sure. Yeah, because the O line has really been a strong point. But yeah, uh, do we gamble? gamble? Yeah. Okay. Good. Here's one of the best angles I've ever found. And this is an NFL angle, but I think it does translate to college football. Now, it may not be in the preseason, but keep this in mind. In a given week where a team loses its starting center, it fails to cover 80% of the time. Is this a real stat? Real stat. <laughs> Scott, I'll fucking quote this for a decade after this. Like, you, is, you, is this you real? Flip, you, you flip the vowels. It's Moscona, not Moscano. It happens <laughs> a lot. To point of clarification. But yes, honest to goodness, good. I like your hat. Good stat. By the way, how is an Alabama guy wearing an LSU hat, and the Florida State guy has an LSU background? What made that background? First off, we're previewing we're LSU. Uh, the purple carpet, if you will. For I mean, I'll preview Alabama on my show, but I'm not wearing a houndstooth hat. What the hell's wrong with you guys? Well, yeah, it's not 2005, so you don't understand fashion for one, Matt. Um, second off, okay, I wouldn't wear a, 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 a what's what's the little logo that with the elephant? Oh, uh, the locker room. Whatever. No, like the crimson. Uh, what? It doesn't matter. Whatever frat thing <laughs> we, that we get the point. People wear to a game. I'm not wearing that when you come on yeah. my show. 
more. Well, I mean, I apologize for this hat. I can take it off for sure. Um, I think so. My thing is like, it just there's you guys are just such a non-threat to to my favorite team nowadays. So it's like it doesn't doesn't really bother me, man. Also, I, I will all jokes aside. I fucking love Baton Rouge. It's it's like my my favorite place. Like I mean, it's it's better than Tuscaloosa for fucking sure. Um, we're going we're going this year. We actually um, just got that approved, and and we're gonna go down there with some of our buddies. Um, I love Baton Rouge, man. I love Death Valley, all that kind of stuff. And also, I just love college football. That's a cool ass tiger. So it is a really good hat. I actually have a story behind that logo. If you want to hear it, this may bore everybody, but the other part you said about not being a threat. Do you realize the worst LSU team in a quarter century came this close to beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa last year? A transcendent Alabama team. Man, I, I thought you I, rooted for a program that doesn't doesn't love no, moral I'm, victories. I'm not saying moral victories. He said no threat. That's a threat, brother. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm not celebrating. It. I'm not hanging a banner. I, no, and I know that. I think so. I went back and watched the fourth quarter of that game at some point. I forgot why. LSU had a legitimately four chances where they should have won that game. Like yeah. they, like six yards rushing for Bama. Uh, one of my favorite, most bizarre things, and this is saying something for like involving Coach O. Did you were after that when when yes. Coach O's um, walking on the field and he's doing doing this to the Sands and, and people are like, "Go ahead." I was going to wait for you to finish because I was going to tell Tyler that <laughs> if you if you're like seriously. I, I lost my mind on the postgame show because LSU loses the game and Ogeron's running off the field, pumping his L's. Like, and I'm like, this this is what this program has become under this club. Right. Like, yeah. you lose a game in Tuscaloosa and he's celebrating because you almost didn't lose a game in Tuscaloosa? Like, I don't think he – I don't see – I don't – I defended the shit out of him because I just assumed he wasn't doing that. I was like, surely he wouldn't do that. And then you watch the replays and he is a 1,000% going up to the, like, the student section. He's like – Fuck you guys! Like, I think that was like his last hurrah. Like, he, I mean, yeah. but I mean, either way, I, I, you're right. They definitely should have probably won that. I, but the other was thing, was he already was, fired at that point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, you remember what he said when he came to his last post game interview after the was it the A and M or Arkansas game? They're like, "What? What do you have planned? Like, what's next for Coach O?" He's like, "I'm going to Destin." It's like, <laughs> and, and and save for a few trips to Miami. He's just hanging out in Destin. Yeah. Well, so, but what I want to bring up is this, because I didn't realize this after media days, I always have like the best time with like the LSU contingent, like you, T-Bob, Hester, when he isn't gelling his hair, PB, all those guys, right? Um, Gordy, who we're going to have on here in a little while. But I like, I was filling out my predicted order finish and I feel like I got carried away. Cause I've had, like, I don't even know how I, I, it wasn't anything against LSU necessarily, but I, when it was all said and done, I had them finishing seventh in the West, which is fucking like preposterous. I don't like Brian Kelly's way too good of a coach for that to happen. They've done a great job in the portal. Like, talk me out of, or just tell me I'm stupid. Like, like what, why is that a terrible pick? Like, where do you think is is what should expectations be, and where do you think they they ultimately finish? So um, the the reason why the seventh in the West thing, why you could talk yourself into it, is because there's no obvious two. And when there's no right. obvious two, unless if there's a Vanderbilt, which there isn't in the West right now, there's no obvious seven. So that's that's right. the tricky part. Where, like, I think what happens this year is Bama clearly is the best team in the West, and they'll win it. They'll win it easily, especially with their schedule with Vanderbilt rotating on. I'm going to get Tennessee and Vanderbilt from the East. Like, at, right. I mean, Alabama, just, like, book your your trip to Atlanta. You're, you're going. Um but I, I think everyone else in the West is going to end up in that four and four range. 
And yeah. so tiebreakers could be the variance between finishing third and seventh. I mean, it, it, it right. could be something that goes like that. And I mean, where LSU falls in that, I, I think, depends on where they finish. Like, I think LSU is an eight and four football team. I think they have to start four and oh, which means Tyler, they got to beat Florida State and they got to beat Mississippi State at home. And then you can break LSU's schedule into three, four game um, basically seasons. They need to go four and oh to start. The next four, I think they need to go two and two. They got road games against Auburn and against Florida and home games against Tennessee and Ole Miss. You need to split those four games. Fuck. And then your and then your last four games of the season, you're home against Bama, which you're going to lose, but you also get UAB, which you should win, and you have road games against A and M and Arkansas, and you need to split those. You do that, you're eight and four, and I think that's a really good first year for Brian Kelly, considering the mess he inherited to start yeah. to steer the ship in the right direction. If look, they if you want like the, I know you asked about the floor. I see. I think with LSU, this team, I don't think their ceiling is as high as some LSU fans want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, largely because of the schedule and then Bama's in the in the division and all that sort of stuff. But I also don't think the floor is as low as it's been. Brian Kelly has been a head coach now for 32 seasons. That's this crazy. Will 30, this will be his 33rd season. In 32 years, he has had two losing records. His first year at Central Michigan – and that random one-off at Notre Dame when they were four and eight and followed it up with back-to-back-to-back double-digit win seasons. So, like, he's just – we see it. I mean, we were at practice. They actually gave us – we got to watch the entire practice today. The whole practice was open. First time that's happened in a quarter century at LSU. And you can just tell the competency, the efficiency. There's no wasted time. Everything is with intent and purpose. You know, they've got – like I said, they've got – roster issues and spots that they'll have to deal with. And some of them will probably hit and some won't. I'd say a best case for LSU is what happened with Michigan State last year. Mel Tucker mm-hmm. went up there. And remember, he like he brought in like 30 transfers. It was The whole roster was transfers. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. I mean, and it, like all the close games they won. They got blown out a couple times. But they won 10 games and, and went to a New Year's Six. Now, that's like – And the I worst think, like, in the country – no one just like overshadowed it. Yeah, I, I think that is a like stars align best case for LSU, which I don't think happens. I think the SEC and in particular the schedule LSU has to go against is 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 too tough. But I, I don't. Again, I don't think the floor is as low as them finishing seventh in the West. Right. So the quarterback room is pretty interesting. I saw, I think I saw today that Jaden Daniels has been taking snaps with the ones, at least today, transferred yeah. from Arizona State. Uh, you got Miles Brennan back for his 18th year there at LSU. Garrett <laughs> Nussmeyer, highly decorated recruit. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe he might take the job. Your opinion, who's the starter at game one? So I do think it's going to be Jaden Daniels, but but I want to uh, give you a little caveat here. So um, Nussmeyer had been taking the first reps, but he tweaked his ankle. Um, Brian Kelly described it as kind of like in basketball where you just fall, you, you come, you land on someone's shoe and turn it. He said it was grade one. Like it's super mild. He may even practice tomorrow, but, um, but this is a, a Nussmeyer Daniels race. Miles Brennan's not in this thing anymore. And it, wow. it's pretty evident too. And 
Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock, it's just obvious what they want out of their quarterback. They want a mobile guy. And that's – look at all of Brian Kelly's offenses at Notre Dame. If it was Ian Book or Deshaun Kaiser or Everett Golson or – I mean, n- name it. I mean, throughout the years, that's – even back to Tommy Reese, he's always had quarterbacks that can move the pocket and make plays with their feet. That's not Miles Brennan. Um I mean, even Desmond Ritter last year at Cincinnati with Mike Denbrock. I mean, just look at what they do offensively. So it's it's going to be Nussmeyer Daniels, and you know, Daniels has started 30 career games. Uh, I mean, they didn't have to go add Jaden Daniels. They had the other guys on the roster. They went they went and added him. So he he fits a skill set. He's by far the most experienced. Um, you know, they made the decision to add him. Clearly, they weren't content with the room they had. You know, I, I just think there's a lot of circumstantial evidence to suggest that Daniels is, is going to be the guy, and ultimately I think he will be. Now, will he keep the job? Will he p- play well enough to keep it? I don't know. I mean, we'll see as, as that transpires. But um, but I think he's here for a reason. I think it's it's to be the starting quarterback this year. How, that shocks me a little bit. I mean, it shouldn't, I guess. Like, all the things you brought up make sense. I just, I just thought it was – like, when he transferred – it made no sense to me, but at the same time, it's almost like a like like a, when a Vegas line comes out and you're like, "Well, oh, that's something's off here." Like, because like he wouldn't have transferred to LSU if he didn't think or had had previous talks that he was going to at least contend for the starting job, right? Um, yeah, I, and- that's for sure. But I'll, I'll also say I don't know, guys. This is kind of I'll give you a little context here. Um, so I have watched a lot of Arizona State football the last three years. Gross. Right, but I'll tell you why. Number one, so I'm a junkie, so I'll, I love Pac-12 After Dark. So I watch a yeah. lot. Like, I do the post-game show with T-Bob. LSU plays night games. We do a post-game show called Whiskey and Wine from a Whiskey Bar. We drink, smoke cigars, and, and do an unfiltered post-game show for 90 minutes. It's a lot That's of fun. awesome. I get home. I just keep the party rolling, and I stay up to, like, 1.30 watching Hawaii or Arizona State or whoever's on. So that's one. Two, um, one of my friends is Ryan Clark from you probably know played at LSU he was on ESPN his son Jordan uh who I've seen Jordan grow up you know around around Baton Rouge and Jordan was a in the same class as Jaden Daniels and then another kid who I've seen who went to the school that my wife works at and went to my high school and another family he walked on at Arizona State last year and actually played a ton his name's George Hart um so I got a lot of connections to, to Arizona State and reasons that I was watching this team and so I've seen a lot of Jaden Daniels. When he was a freshman, he had Dude. an awesome year. But he also had he was also throwing to a first round draft pick at receiver. That program the last two years, the dearth of talent and the just disaster that it's been under Herm is it's hard. It's almost like what happened with LSU under Ogeron, although not the same degree, because you went from winning a natty and have the greatest season ever to fired in 18 months but i don't pin every struggle on daniels and he is a dynamic runner man like if you ever go look up some of his highlights when he when he wiggles free like he can hurt you and we saw that today at at practice there was a play in the pocket was breaking down you know he stepped up stepped up held it and then ultimately tucked it Rolled right and 15 yards, scamper out of bounds. I mean, that's something the other guys in this roster can't do. He's, I'm not telling you guys that I think he's like a pro prospect or he's an all conference this or that. I'm just telling you what LSU, what LSU's got. He's, I think, the best option and he's better than most people give him credit for. If all you do is just read his stat lines from 2021. 
right? Uh, you know what would be uh, interesting? I think it, oh, go ahead, Tyler. Well, I was looking into uh, Mike Denbrock. I know he's with Kelly at Notre Dame for a bunch of years, yeah. and he's recently been at Cincinnati as the OC. Likes to use the tight end a lot. From what I gather, LSU's tight end room, not great at the moment. Right. Um, last year, running the ball was a real issue for LSU, even despite the monster game against Florida, which I loved, by the way. 300 yards. <laughs> so good. It made <laughs> ranked, no sense. <laughs> yeah, because they ranked 13th out of 14 in the SEC in rushing. Dude, it made I told you no- the week before, we are down there for that Auburn game, and, and Mickey Sheremy, who's in the, in the uh, commentary now, he was like, we're all hammered, right? We've been drinking all day. It's a night game. And he was like, oh, I don't understand why we didn't run the ball. I'm like, because you fucking can't run the ball, Mickey. Like, it's like your offensive line is terrible. <laughs> next week, he's like, I'm telling you, you got to run the ball. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. And then next week, he, like, you know, 300-something yards. That was that was fucking hilarious. In a day Ty game. Davis, Ty Davis Price went off for three. It was an 11 a.m. kickoff. It was not just a day. It was a morning game. Like, and Ty Davis Price ran for three, which is an LSU record, 300 yards. But and, and they kept running the same play. It was the same counteraction like, over and over. And Florida just never adjusted. It was so weird. Anyway, uh, like Grantham, Grantham deserved to be fired after that. Like he totally deserved it. It was terrible. Anyway, um, but I don't even know what you asked me. Did you ask well, me anything? Kel, no, I was just going to say, yeah, so so I, I understand that they, you know, watching Notre Dame, they had the amazing tight end mayor yeah. up there. Um, and Denbrock, you know, he liked to use that at Cincinnati as well. Tight end room, not great. So what are they going to lean yeah. on? Because I know you lose Ty Davis Price. You lose Corey Kiner, the two uh, leading rushers last year. You got John Emery back from the, the year off from the academic oh. stuff. Uh, Noah Kane transfers in from Penn State. They're going to re- lean on the run game while they yeah. figure out quarterback, or what's what do you think uh, the offense is going to look like to start the year? So this might sound weird. I actually think Emery, I don't think Emery and Kane are a more talented pair than Ty Davis Price and um, and Corey Kiner. Right. Uh, John Emery's just a weird scenario where he was he was a five star. Yeah, he was super. High. He he was committed to Georgia and LSU. Flipped him. He's from New Orleans, um, and he came in in 2019. And Clyde edwards Elair was just awesome. I mean, he had an All America season. They won the Natty, so he was just a freshman who didn't play a ton. And then was the COVID year, and he averaged about five yards a carry. But it was just a weird year. And he last year was supposed to be Emory's breakout year. And y'all, this like again the dysfunction of Ogeron. John Emery was practicing with the first team up until the Thursday before the UCLA opener in the Rose Bowl. And then they found out he was academically ineligible, didn't play the entire season. Like, how you don't don't know your starting running back is going to be academically ineligible is mind-boggling. Like, they they thought they were going to win an appeal. That's – they. I mean, LSU thought they were going to win the appeal, and they didn't, and then he was ineligible. So – Emory is super talented, versatile guy. Kane, same, had some injuries at Penn State, got Wally pipped. I, I, the bigger question – those two guys are talented. The bigger question is the offensive line. They're, they're literally replacing all five starters oh, from God. a line that was not good, by the way. Like this – I'll put it to you this way. You look ahead 10 years from now, and the guys that LSU is going to start against Florida State, more of them will be playing in the NFL – than anybody from the last year's team. It's weird because Will Campbell's a true freshman who's going to be starting a left tackle. Right. Eric Dellinger's probably going to be playing center. He's never played center in his life. Two starters are transfers that just got here. You know what I mean? Like it's mm. – yeah. 
And Miles Frazier was a, like an FIU guy, so he's yeah. it's, an, it's a new level. Yeah, and he's starting. At, he's going to be starting at right guard. Like, how how do you build continuity? It's a unit that, as the season goes along, will probably keep getting better. Right. But it, from jump, I don't like. But the, to the point about tight ends, it's it's by a mile the the thinnest spot on the roster. Um, uh, they brought a former baseball player out of a medical retirement, and, and he might be the starter. His name's Nick Stores. Um, y'all remember Jason Taylor who played for the Dolphins? His son Mason Taylor is a true freshman, and Brian Kelly today highlighted him. He said. He's been one of the most pleasant surprises of camp, and he's going to play a lot for us. So I think Mason Taylor is someone that LSU is going to going to rely rely on uh, heavily. Um, but again, when you're relying on a freshman heavily, it you know speaks to the so fact I that know, Mason Taylor just a phenomenal porn star name too. So he's got that going for him. I think it's great. You missed a lot of the intro. We were talking about Tommy Lee's dick pic. It's been a whole thing. So we're trying to stay on brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like my night last night with T-Bob. I mean, I do a show with T-Bob, I do a show with you. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up and get you out of here soon, man. We appreciate you coming on. It's always always fun uh, fun time. But so my question is this. You have like – like Tyler brought up like the Emory question and that whole – like you brought up the debacle from last year. This defensive line – I remember – so I remember who we're going to have on after you, Chris Gordy. I remember saying this to him on his show last year. I was like, listen, LSU returns all five starters on the offensive line a year ago. Like – they could be potentially the best offensive line, most improved in the league. And he was like, here's the problem, Chris. When you're not any good the year before and you're all returning, it doesn't matter. I was like, oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. I think so, stole that line from me. Did he? I think so. The front seven. The way I said it ad nauseum was just because you return everybody from a unit that wasn't any good doesn't oh, mean yeah. I feel like Cole Kublik said the same thing, too. But he's he probably stole it from me, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll call him out on Twitter about that tomorrow at, like, 5 a.m. Um, no, so I was going to say, the D-line, the D-line is, like, is like I feel like it's not highly touted necessarily because we haven't really talked much about the Outside of Derek Singley, we really haven't talked much about LSU defense in, in a minute, right? Um, the front seven has a chance to be a lot better. Outside of the Bama game last year, they they could be disappointing at times. Um, you got Bo Nix. uh you know, but it's, yeah. I mean, that was tough. Um, yeah, was like, wh- who, where's the biggest area for improvement here? Like, like I was, we were talking about Auburn yesterday. And the thing I kept trying to tell Auburn fans, um, besides that, like, they have no meaning in life and there's really nothing they can do about that is what <laughs> <laughs> worries about Auburn is that, like, if you go unit by unit, like, in, like, on their team, like, over half of those, of those, like, those players have to really, really, like, what's the word I'm looking for here, Tyler? Overachieve it, for them to reach their ceiling, right? It's a big word. It's a huge word. Yeah. I know all those. Um, As if I was supposed to pull that, like I knew you were going to go for overachieve. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is what is going to be the strength? Like, like is BJ Ojolari going to finally, like, show out and, and kind of be that guy off, off the edge? Like, what what is going to be the strength of this defense? Because I feel like – I don't know if it's because, you know, 2019 you guys just became, again, the greatest season of all time in that, that offense, but – you really didn't have to keep, like still care about defense anymore, right? Like it's and that's been a massive shift uh, over like over the years. But but that defense in 2019, like do you realize the talent that was on that team? I all I know is you gave up 400 yards rushing to fucking Ole Miss, and that's all I wanted to convince myself that Bama was going to win against them. After seeing that, I was like, John that Rick was Bama. because LSU 
I think, scored 60 on Ole Miss in the first half. Jesus and Christ. and they were on the bus already. It, yeah. And and they put John Rice Plumley in, and they kept running the option, and he just kept running for like seventy yards. Yeah. But but, um, but that team had Patrick Queen, first round draft pick, Kayvon Chasson, first round draft pick, All American Derek Stingley, first round, number three overall pick. He got drafted this year based off that year. Grant Grant Delpit, who won the Thorpe, is the best defensive back in college football. Christian Fulton, who I think was a second-round pick. I mean, a whole bunch of linemen that I could name, Rashard Lawrence, um, Neil Farrell, uh, Apu Aika, by the way, who is about to be a first-round draft pick, Tyler Shelvin. My point is that defense was loaded, too. Just nobody paid attention to it because Burrow was Burrow. I knew Uh, we were going to talk about 2019. I fucking knew it. You brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk about 2019 all you want, dog. Look, hey, let's do this. Let's talk about this. This is what I love to say. Here we go. Let's talk about all the records that Joe Burrow set in 2019. Do you have an update, Bob, for all the the records that Mac Jones broke the next year? Mac Jones didn't break any records, bro, in a fake COVID season. Get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like – be honest. 8,000 fans. You're an LSU guy. Y'all didn't want more than 8,000 fans to see what we were doing to y'all in in that 2020 game? Yeah, that was brutal. Um, (laughs) Okay, so LSU's LSU's defense. Um, If there's one thing that I I would say that as they've gone through camp that I've become a little more bullish on, it would be the defense. I think Matt House is a really sharp guy. Uh, He was the D.C. at Kentucky. If you remember when when Josh Allen had that – the defensive end – um, had oh, yeah. the, uh, 17 the, sacks, 17 sacks, 21 tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. This was his DC. So you brought up Ojolari. It's very obvious they want Ojolari right. to be that. Like that's going to be the role he plays on this defense. So if you're buying stock in BJ Ojolari, that's probably a good thing. Okay. Um, the they've got about six linebackers they're going to play, and I think you could be comfortable with any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, comfortable, not thrilled. Big big difference. Um, and the entire secondary is basically transfers. A lot of guys with a lot of accolades who have played a lot and are talented, but again, that cohesion thing, like we talked about with the offensive line, that's going to matter in the secondary as well. Um, I, I think I'm a little more bullish on the defense because I think they got enough talent and they're well coached. I think they're going to be okay there. Not great, but they'll, they'll be, They'll be certainly competent enough to to keep them in games and give them a chance. The whole they got plenty of talent at receiver. They got skilled backs. The real question is, can the offensive line block for the running backs and keep the quarterback upright? Right. And, I mean, that's really what LSU's offensive season is going to boil down to. And and I don't have a great answer today. Well, that's the only reason we fucking brought you on here, Matt. So thanks for nothing. Well, I gave you my answer, which is I think they're eight and four. But what does that eight and four look like, right? I mean, yeah. is that is that an eight and four where you lose to Bama, Auburn, Florida, A and M, you know, um, and you don't get any marquee wins? Is it a, is it an eight and four where yeah you 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 win on the road at Florida and Auburn, but you you lose to one of the Mississippi schools in your in your own stadium, uh, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, that's where I think this season is going to be. What it, cumulatively, when you pull back after the season, take the ten thousand foot view, you're probably going to say, "Okay, it was a good year one for Brian Kelly." 
Um, but I think when you put the microscope on it, there's going to be a lot of, of, of this, you know, right. a lot of peaks and valleys. So um, that's usually not fun, you know, as a, as a fan, because when the, when the peaks come, you get really excited that you're about to turn the corner and then the valley comes and it sort of deflates you. Yeah, so well, okay, and I get it. I mean, I mean for sure. I'm fucking that? nothing. I just I didn't hear you. <laughs> he said, oh, we, he said we've all done cocaine. <laughs> oh, actually, I've never done cocaine. Yeah, yeah, me, either. me either. Yeah, me either. I've actually never well, smoked weird. Yeah, I've never sure. smoked weed. Is that weird? What? That My girlfriend doesn't know that either. I don't. I don't under like. Do you eat gummies and stuff? No. You just you just you just adjust everything. Right, well, hey, the trip to Baton Rouge is going to get weird then. Yeah. I like. I drink whiskey. I got. I mean, you. I don't. I mean, I'll. I yeah. So the whistle pick. Oh, oh shit. hell yeah. Yeah. I'm a. I see I'm a some guy. Weller up there. You got the. Like the, uh, the I mean, which one do you want? Oh, yeah. The, I see the antique. Oh, Weller vertical. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, damn. Eagles up here. Yeah. Birthday bird. I mean, come on, dude. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh, you got the birthday. Damn. Yeah. Come on. Stop. I, I got it. Um. Anyway, but I do that. I smoke cigars, but I never. I've never never smoked weed. This is never. I've it's never. Like, don't have friends that do it. Never been around it. Just never really sought it. So I'm surprised that T Bob hasn't like roofied you at some point, just like for fun, like as a joke. Because he, he's that, that actually guy. is a really good point. I know, I know. Um, dude, we appreciate you coming on for real. Pick out a game you want us to come down and drink all your bourbon. Um, bring up like political stuff against your will on camera. <laughs> um, oh I, hate that. I hate that. It is generally a pleasure to have you on, man. We, we really do appreciate it. We'll, we'll have to get at you soon. And um, and tell everyone where they can find you as well. Uh, like if, you can spell, if you can spell <laughs> if you can spell my name, you can find me online. Get the vowels right. Like like old Vern, Vern Funquist there screwed up the vowels earlier. M-O-S-C-O-N-A. You know, little, you know, little value uh, of vowel I know, brother, is W. Getting them W's. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and w. George. Um, <laughs> right, I'm just gonna go. Hold on, last question. Last question. <laughs> Have you seen the Tommy Lee dick pic yet? No. Okay, here's what I want you to do: a little homework no, for you. Go look at the I'm dick not pic. googling Tommy Lee. Dick. Take a gander. <laughs> Who cares? Don't, you know what? Don't don't Google it. Just go to his Twitter account and just look at I'm the zero percent chance. My zero. Is, Who had zero percent chance? I Google Tommy Lee dick pic. Zero. All right. I mean, I, that's not what, what I Google, but still. All right. We'll just. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys. See you. Thanks. Oh, that was good. That All was right, good. I'll send Gordy the link, but he's watching. Marla will be there. Huck will be golfing, though. I don't know if I should have said the cocaine joke. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Well, like I repeated it, though. So. It out. Huh? Take it out. Well, it's live. That's the thing. That's, That's what I just said. Know. And then the YouTube video will then go to the YouTube account and live forever. So I don't think anyone is under the impression that I've just been living this fucking <laughs> like sheltered life in my twenty. Like, I think we all know I stumbled into into the starting line of this job and a little rough around the edges, brother. <laughs> so are you gonna send the link to Gordy or no, I keep forgetting. I've been trying to do that for actually a very long time now. Um, hold on. What do you think about uh, Moscona? He's a good dude, man. I'd like yeah. to hang out with him and uh, drink some whiskey. I so he was like one of my favorite people at me today to get to like know and hang out with. And the very last thing he said to me as we were walking out of the bar Wednesday night was he. I don't even know how it came up. He just started talking about fucking Aaron Boone, and I was like, "Fuck right off, Matt!" Like, what? I don't want to have this conversation at all. He's a good dude. Though, other than that. Did you just meet him at this uh, media days, or was it a prior one? Yeah, he had no idea who I was, um, which is fine. I mean, 
most people don't. Like my Gordy's dad. in the chat saying send him the link. So <laughs> Gordy. Um, Maybe we should have the whole conversation. We'll talk and then Gordy responds in the chat. Yeah, that'd be fun for him, right? <laughs> Listen, that's the kind of the kind of attention we want our guests to have. So uh, Muscana definitely doesn't feel like Florida State's got a chance in that game, which just <laughs> made me feel good. Alex um, Mason, uh, oh, I heard the line had dropped, but apparently it had not. Alex Mason, yes, we have. We uh, it's it's August twenty sixth, it's a Friday night, um, and it's gonna be from seven to nine p.m. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Again, uh, I mean this this pod is now basically sponsored by American Spirit Works. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and sure. also a huge shout out to our, our my good buddy. I always feel weird calling him by his government name, David Booth, because I I feel like when I say that, I just assume he shot Abraham Lincoln. But and because I've always called him Booty, he's been a regular at the bar forever. Um, but the age thing, I, it doesn't make sense that he would have shot him, you know, because that's what's so you've long obviously ago. not kept up with vampires or science. So, um, sure. I will say, like, he, I don't, I don't know what his actual role would be there because he's like, I don't know if you 10 bar. I've never been, I've never been to the American Street Works. Ha, have but you sent Gordy the link? The just... Margaritas ever. I already did. Okay. <laughs> he's not here. So I was just wondering. Well, I, you know what? I can't control, I'm not his keeper. Okay. <laughs> Hey, brother. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, we do. Oh, here he is. As for our next guest, pretend like you're asleep. Pretend like you're asleep. <laughs> not hey, you. Not you, Gordy. God damn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say, listen. Even though the Red Sox are fucking abysmal, I see the shirt. Congratulations on having the best uh, record in the AL because fuck the Yankees. For God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, it's a we'll Joe see. Burrow autograph football from 2019. Ah. I brought that one. Does it have all the records on it? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I once got Bob Seeger to autograph. Um, never mind. I'm not gonna do Tommy it. Lee's. <laughs> Tommy Lee's dick. Yeah, it was very weird. Very I haven't weird. seen it yet. It's been okay. all the pictures I've seen. It's censored already. Oh, no, listen, I'll show you where to go. So it's right on his Twitter account. Show. We're all going to do it together. Should I share my oh, screen and just put it on? Dick. Okay. Yeah. Do you know? Put it. Put it. Can someone put it in the comments, please? Preferably <laughs> not my girlfriend. Um. Anyway, so Tommy Lee, huge dick. Uh, my question that I was going to try to ask Matt was, who had a bigger dick, Tommy Lee or Joe Burrow, twenty nineteen? Mm. There were times that Joe Burrow could have pole vaulted. It was Joe Burrow? Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. All right. By the way, so I've known you a while now, Marler. Um, okay. Matt Moscona and I go back to two thousand seven. We worked at the same radio station together. Really? Yeah, he was wow. he was producing and co-hosting afternoons. I was producing morning drive. So yeah. He slandered that? you. I don't know if you heard that. He said that you stole his material. Yeah, I probably stole that from him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, that's a good stuff. Well listen, welcome in. How how you been? Is that a white claw? Yeah, you know, no no laws or claws still in twenty twenty two. I know everybody and their brother have seltzers now. Yeah. White claw's still yeah. the best. Unless you guys have a sponsored one, then that one's the best. But we are sponsored by Claw Feinbaum. And uh. um, fun fact, remember that was actually I talked to you about this at Media Days because I wasn't doing my actual job. Um, and my biggest concern was what yeah, you I didn't you did no work that week, by the way. Fuck off, Gordy. I killed it this this year. You're right, but I still killed it. <laughs> I'm still wait. You we did like an interview. That's stop, lost in the stop. annals of time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I blamed you for this too. Because I didn't want to go out on Wednesday, and and like as soon go as out every night, every night you go out. I mean, it's you got to prepare. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. This is gonna shock you, but I don't prepare for a lot of things. Um. So 
I, I stumbled to the finish line on that thing uh, for sure because I forgot my credentials. I just remember sitting in the public's parking lot eating cookies, like keeping up for like the with the other. Anyway, listen, I, I honestly overachieved this year. I, I killed it. This is my you did it. You did it. You did okay. I wish Tyler had been there to keep you in line, but I know. You know. It was, I didn't realize also, I, I, I was the first to pat myself on the back because the Brian Kelly question, I didn't realize how many people did not think that was appropriate or okay. Mm. I asked Brian Kelly if he was a sweater and he said, yeah, he said he's a big time sweater like me. So is Will Levis, me, Will Levis and Brian Kelly, all big time sweaters. <laughs> I'm so fucking over all of the little quirks from Will Levis. We get it, dude. <laughs> we get it. Locked wow. on Kentucky in the chat. Yes, yeah, that's, how, that's Lance. How, how about that? I did a I do a couple radio hits throughout the week, and one of the hits I did today, the first question they asked me was like, "What's going on with Stoops versus Calipari?" I'm like, "That's what we're leading with." All right, football is like <laughs> two weeks away. We're leading with Calipari barbs, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. You know, we were talking about this. The Funny thing the is, we let our podcast that tonight. There you go. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about one part of it, which was my favorite part to watch, which was for whatever reason, Auburn fans and Brian Harson. Trying to like fucking just dunk on this this moment for Kentucky fans, as if they have a better program in either fucking sport. <laughs> oh no, that's that's what all the uh, all the Auburn fans were jumping in saying like we what was it every sport in every sports school. school. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. no, you're still kind of football for Bruce Pearl's done all right, but underachieved last year. You know what? They beat Oregon State to get the World Series, and that's all I really wanted. So they, yeah, um, they def- definitely overachieved there. Okay, so we, we've been talking LSU and previewing LSU. Um, Moscona pretty much already did it. So we don't know. I mean, Moscona, just, get it right. Matt Moscona. Moscona listen, Moscona. here, Moscona, Mus- Moscona, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit, huh? Am I, I'm very professional. Hey, one, one position we didn't talk to him about are the receivers. <laughs> Obviously, we know yeah. Boutte is back, and he's probably one of the top three receivers in the country. Um, who else on that? I feel like LSU's always got receivers. Uh, who else on the? So real quick, real quick on that note. So it's it's uh, there's a, a city south of New Orleans called Booty, Louisiana. There's Homa Booty, spelled exactly the same way, B O U T T E. Everybody has said Kayshawn Booty, Boote. He said this week, talking with reporters, it's oh, Booty. No. He said it's pronounced Kayshawn Booty. So I don't know if you want to call him that. That's how he says it. Um, you say it how you want. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying Boutte. I don't know. I can't. Adjust, we were couple, big, yeah, we were big fans like, of the. By the way, my name's this, and it was like totally opposite. It's like two or three years ago. It was in the SEC. It was fucking obnoxious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. There was Lance. an NFL guy recently too who said, "Oh yeah, you guys have been saying it wrong the whole time." Hey, it doesn't matter, but it's gonna eat at me. Whatever. Anyways, uh, we were talking about how the tight end room is a little weak this year, uh, at least uh, in, in Kelly's first year. We know right. about Kayshawn Booty. Uh, who else on the receiver? In the receiver. I just wanted you to say Booty. <laughs> we were big fans of the Johnson to Booty connection oh, last yeah. year. It, I it mean, that is big, that's all I time. Mean, it was in and out constantly. Um, the other guys. Jack Besh uh, is uh, – I had him on at SEC Media Days. Great dude. Uh, was really good as a freshman last year. Was a tight end. They He's transitioned now to just a true receiver. He's still going to play out of the slot. The difference is they don't want him blocking, mm. you know, the big time, the big guys that are coming at him. But, you know, he can – at wide receiver, he can block the corners and the DBs a little bit more than the, the linebackers and DNs. So, 
Uh, Jack Besh is going to play that slot spot now. They have been playing Malik Neighbors a little bit in the slot as well. He's a guy who, um, you know, last year came on towards the end of the year. Not that big, but like he had a couple moments where he went up over people and went up to get the ball. So it, it was like this class of this like great freshman last year that right. came on as the year went along. It was Jack Besh, Malik Neighbors, and Chris Hilton was another guy. They have another guy, Brian Thomas. Like this whole group yeah. of receivers, they're all kind of they all have similar skill sets. They're all kind of built the same when you look at some of them. So uh of that group, I think Neighbors is gonna is gonna be the guy who plays the most. Then they've got Jare Jenkins, who yeah. number 10. You you can go back to like games four years ago. I think it was back when like Danny Etling was throwing passes to Jure Jenkins. Like that's how long this guy's been around. It's it's nuts. Uh, and then they brought in a kid named Kyron Lacey who transferred in from Louisiana Lafayette, who's number two. He, in the spring, everything I saw of him, he was dropping everything. Like I was like, all right, this kid's not going to play. And then somebody told me a few weeks ago, they're like, this kid is catching everything. I'm like, all right, well, clearly Good. I read him wrong. Ew. But uh, so that's kind of it. Then they have a true freshman in this class that was Landon Ibietta. I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but. Like, if you had to place your bets on how the receiving is going to stack up this year, it's going to be Booty, who's going to lead you in receiving over a 1,000 yards, blah, blah, blah. Then I think it's going to be Besh, because he's going to get the most targets. He's your safety valve. You know, oh, pass rush is coming, dump it off to Besh. And then I think it'll be Neighbors, followed by Jenkins, maybe Hilton, something like that. So they have a good group. The problem is LSU's always very deep at this spot. Outside of those guys, they have really nothing. Like so, if they get injuries and you know, like let's say let's say Booty midway through the season decides to opt out and goes, "Hey, I'm gonna be a first round pick. See you guys, peace." And then Jare Jenkins gets hurt or Jack Besh gets banged up, they're really gonna be in a bind for receiver depth. So anyway, I still have to say like that's a catastrophic uh, scenario, but it could absolutely happen. It could definitely happen, Gordy. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, before you know it, you're playing for a championship and you got, like, Chris Marlowe running routes out there. You have nobody to catch the ball. Just the opposite of Crisp, for sure. Um, no, I, so I think, like, the booty thing, I remember breaking this down because because people really didn't understand, not, not, like, how great he is or how good he is, because it doesn't really, like, it doesn't make sense to me what he does so well. And that's kind of like Devontae Smith. Like, he doesn't, he's not, like, physically imposing. He's not, like, a, I don't think he's, like, a four two four three guy. He's just a very, very good receiver, good route runner, all that kind of stuff, and he's been the go-to guy. But people forget he he accounted for 13 touchdowns. Like, from, from the start of the, the close of the 2020 season, I think it was, like, the last three games, until he got hurt against Kentucky, he had 13 total receiving touchdowns. And, and LSU, as an offense, had 27 total pass – I think 27 total touchdowns. So, I mean, he was the offense. Um do you think that's where they find success? Is it like is it like a Kiffin type deal where you like hone in on that guy and you get him the fucking ball 10 to 15 times no matter what? Or is it we have to find balance with, with Brian Kelly? Yeah, I mean, they're gonna get him, they're gonna get him his targets. Um, I think that was part of the conversation. Cause keep in mind, he he entered, he was going into the transfer portal this offseason and they had to they had to work hard to talk him into staying. In fact, there were message board rumors all out there. Alabama, he's going to Alabama and Probably would have been the best wide receiver at Alabama right now. He's out of talent. I don't have any faith in any of these other guys. But uh, like, had that happened now, if you're an LSU fan, you got to say your uh, your you know thanks to a guy named Gordon McKernan, big attorney in Baton Rouge, stepped up Great to the bat plate, signed him to an NIL deal. And Keishon Boutique's like, man, I love Gordon McKernan. You know, like tweet down on Instagram or whatever. Like, so like he was showing love to him, and like this is the guy who basically saved LSU, their number one receiver. Now. 
The problem was when Brian Kelly came in, he was very – there was a coldness there with Booty. Like, he was not receptive to him and vice versa. And so oh. they've got they've kind of had to mesh that relationship together. And supposedly now they're on the same page and all is good. But that was a very sensitive spot. Whereas, like, you talk to Jack Besh and he's like, oh, man, I love Coach Kelly when I first met him. I'm ready to play for him. Whereas Kayshawn was like, yeah, hey, man, what are you going to do for me? Like, I'm – I'm a great receiver. You know, it was kind of like that. They had to have that those, that tough conversation. Besh and Booty, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's not bad. And and real quick, just to reiterate something, because I was diving into some numbers for my show on the uh, the quarterback battle. I know Matt Moscona talked about it a little bit, but Jaden Daniels being the number one guy, as I started mm-hmm. to dive into like kind of what's happened the last few years with both Mike Denbrock at, at Cincinnati, who's the OC at LSU now, and the Brian Kelly teams – I could not believe these guys live off of running quarterbacks. Like yeah. Mike, Denbrock, Mike Denbrock's had Desmond Ritter the last four years at Cincinnati. Uh, like you look at what Desmond Ritter's done. Desmond Ritter had over 500 career rushing attempts, 2,100 rushing yards at Cincinnati. And then I started to look at Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame just had Jack Cohen this year, who's a freaking statue back there. Like he mm-hmm. sucks. But before Jack Cohen, they had Ian Book for three years, who was mm-hmm. a runner. They had Brandon Winbush for that one season, who had 800 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns in 2017. In 2015 and 16, they had Deshaun Kaiser, who had 500 rushing yards both years. And then before that, they had Everett Golson, who had eight rushing touchdowns in 2014. Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock love running quarterbacks. So when you realize that, you're like, holy crap, like Jaden Daniels is the guy, right? Like uh, Miles Brennan can't run. Garrett Nussmeyer can't run. So like, Jane Daniels, almost 300 rushing attempts for 1,300 yards in his career, 13 rushing touchdowns. This is the guy. This is what they value in a quarterback. Garrett Nussmeyer just sounds like the kind of person that whenever he is standing, his arms would be behind his back, like a, like like Patton, like a general. Like he just <laughs> seems very rigid with great posture. Um, the Jaden Nuss, Davis, I- his dad was the OC at Bama, right, at one point? Uh-huh, for the oh, kick yeah. six. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, great year great times <laughs> i like honestly i think my favorite thing about garrett is that he doesn't shut down emotionally like his daddy did so um anyway moving on so i, I think like like we talked about a little bit the schedule the schedule is is tough man like and i don't find myself a lot of times looking at an lsu team and not like looking at a majority of their schedule and being like i'm at least going to give them the benefit of the doubt like yeah that should be like i'm not saying it's a guaranteed win but like they should probably pull that out right um, there's just been so many things that have happened over the past couple of seasons, which, you know, say what you will about like the end of the, the Orgeron era. I think Brian Kelly is a great coach. Give me a game. Give me two. One that could be like a catalyst to like maybe take this team to like, I don't know, like to their ceiling. Maybe it's nine, 10 wins. Maybe it's more. And on the same, the same uh, note, give me a game that like could cause everything to go off the rails. The first two games in October are, Absolutely brutally important for this team. Um, right. We know they open Florida State, and Tyler, thoughts and prayers to you. Um, by the way, are you going to that game? Potentially, what? potentially. Okay, well, come what on down. We'll, we'll meet up at Cats, uh, Cats Meow and Bourbon. We'll do some karaoke before the, Tyler, uh, before the game. Fucking LSU FSU game without me, I'm going to punch you in the Chris, dick. Chris, you you literally told me that I don't want to go to that game. That's what you said. I didn't mean I'm that. Just gonna, oh, I don't want to go to that. Game. Well, that's not what I said. I said I don't want to do the radio show before. Anyway, go. Come on. Dollar dollar beers, all-night karaoke, cats meow. Like, what, what more can you want pregame for LSU Florida State? Anyway, uh, LSU is going to win that game uh, most likely. Then they get Southern. 
They get Mississippi State. I don't want to gloss over Mississippi State, but they owe them one, right? Like two years yeah. ago, KJ Costello coming in right after the championship game, and that was just god awful. The newest so, saint, KJ Costello. Chris, I tweeted you. I, we he's alive? Yeah. yeah, he's a saint. How yeah. about that? And they, what, that's, hold on. He already has a job? They just found him. He already has a fucking job? He was a <laughs> charger briefly, I think, right right after no, he uh, was, college. He was running credit card charges at like a fucking Costco. That's when he, like, not a charger. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like, I don't want to gloss over Mississippi State, but let's just assume they win. Like, that one might be the one. If they lose that one, yeah, they're in, a, in for a world of hurt uh, right. as the season goes. They're going to beat New Mexico in week four. After that, their first true test is at Auburn. And every time I say this, people are like, oh, Auburn sucks, whatever. Like, going into Auburn is still a tough place to play. Even, like, there's just yeah. some venues in this conference. Even when a team is down and they're sucking, they it's still a hostile environment to go into, and it's tough to win games there. It just is. So It's, yeah, I, the fucking swag surf for the most, all those white kids. <laughs> so I put that one in, in Bruce Pearl, and there was a shirt off. Uh, <laughs> October 1st, to me, is the game that, like, if they win that one, you're 5-0, and You've already kind of, I don't want to say exceeded expectations, but like mm-hmm. you're kind of ahead of the curve here. And now you're like, all right, hey, this is going to be a, a good year. You right. lose to Auburn. The next week you come back home and play Tennessee. We think that's going to be a night game. But and LSU fans are, yeah, and LSU fans are scared to death that that's going to be a, a early, you know, like one of those early 11 a.m. games. But Tennessee if, off if, a bye. It's the yeah. same weekend as Bama A&M, so it almost has to be the, a day game. Yeah, it could be. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so if they if they lose to at Auburn, they have potential to come back the next week, lose to Tennessee, and I mean then you're in a in a real tough spot where you still have to go to Florida, you still have to play Bama, you still have to go to Arkansas and A and M, and you know the losses could pile up there. So I look at that stretch that f- those first two weeks of October, if LSU goes into Auburn four zero and they find a way to win that one, they're five and zero. It's going to be a nice year for Brian Kelly. And you know like one that. thing about LSU fans too, and I mean this, which I I would not say about a lot of other fan bases. Like I jokingly said that Heupel needed to not like he needed to cap his fucking wins at five at most last year. Like temper expectations, go into year two with reasonable expectations. He didn't do that. I think LSU fans are, have been in like like they as drunk as they always are. I, I feel like they also understand after 2019, and then what happened the following years, like. All right, just because we're five and zero doesn't mean we need to be like we're going to win it all. Like year one with Brian Kelly, right. I, I do think it'd be interesting to see. Like I, I've been asking this, and it's not it doesn't fucking matter really. But like, say say you had like if Brian Kelly comes in year one, and he goes eight and four, right? Which is kind of what would be expected. Like you don't you don't do no splash wins or anything like that. That's fine. I think LSU fans would be okay with that. But if Brian Kelly comes in and goes six and six, you have your ups and downs. The quarterbacks like. The quarterback situation is kind of like a an issue. Your offensive line sucks, and, and Emory somehow still hasn't like panned out. I don't know. But you beat Bama, right? Or you like, or you trounce A and M to close out the year. Would you trade that? Like, would you go set? Like, would you be fine with like a seven and five and a and an actual like landmark victory in year one for him? I mean, not really. I mean, because the problem is there's so many other potential landmark wins on there like it's the sec yeah. right so i mean like okay you beat a&m great i mean that's you know it, lsu lives beating beating up on a&m i mean it, you know mm-hmm. the, the the few wins they got on them were uh the the one year right after the championship where lsu was down and i kept hearing a&m's gonna destroy them and they won like 20 to 3 or something kellen mond was god awful in that game 
Right. And then the the other one was a stupid seven overtime game where and I've got the benefit of the doubt on like eighteen different questionable calls and right. whatever. But outside of that, LSU's dominated this series since since AM's yeah. been in there. So I mean, yeah, would it be a big win to go into College Station win and, and beat them? Sure. But like, no, I think LSU fans are looking at this realistically, saying you go to Auburn, but Auburn's down. You go to Florida. Florida's in a transition with Billy Napier. Uh, they, they have a good team on paper. They have no depth. If if Napier's group is banged up by October fifteenth, they're they're in trouble. Um, you get Ole Miss. They're at home. That's a that's a game you should win. Mm-hmm. Alabama's not winnable. Tennessee is a winnable game. Is Tennessee better with Hendon Hooker and Josh Heupel? Yes, but I think most LSU fans view that game as we should beat Tennessee. We've been a better program than them in recent history. So. Um, I think there's that at Arkansas is a tough one. Uh, you played Arkansas close last year. It was a crap fest of a game That's, in uh, Baton Rouge. But, you know, I think most people think KJ Jefferson's going to take that next step this year and get better. So anyway, I, I say all that to say, I think eight and four is a fair, like eight and four sounds like high expectations for year one for Brian Kelly, but six mm-hmm. wins, like look at the schedule, six wins, six wins means you go what two and, uh, you know, two and whatever. I don't know. Two wins in the sec. Like that's, unacceptable so yeah i I think uh i think people have a higher value like brian kelly's a better coach than that he didn't come to lsu to go six and six right if if that's what he comes here and does they're gonna run him out of town in in two years so uh i think eight wins is 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 kind of what most fans are thinking with the upside of if Jaden daniels comes in and the offense is rolling and the defense is getting after it and Allie gay and all these guys are getting sacks and the defense is and matt house has that defense fired up like it could maybe maybe LSU has an Ole Miss type run like Ole Miss did a year ago, ten wins and a New Year's six. That's like the ceiling, but right. it could happen. I could talk myself into it. The like Vegas that. win total is at six and a half. So if they had six, I'm, uh, it's not that far off. I'm just gonna say. By the way, Mar- Marler's video uh, brought to us by AOL Dial-Up right now. What's going on with you? You're all pixelated. <laughs> is it? Just is it messed up again? It is. is. I'll get you one of the discs from Blockbuster. 20 more hours of free uh, Wi-Fi for you. (laughs) And he's gone. Damn, he froze. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gordy. So I I take it the win total six and a half. The 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 over is minus one twenty five. The under is plus one hundred five. I take it you're going over on the six and a half then. Yeah, I, I just think that there's too much talent on, on this roster. Now, the interesting part is, again, like with the quarterback thing, and I know you all touched on the running backs, like everybody, there's been all this talk at LSU about Noah uh, or John Emery, John Emery, John Emery, and then somebody tells me, yeah, Noah Kane is looking like this really good running back coming in from Penn State and transferring in. And I looked it up. Noah Kane's got like 200 carries as a running back. John Emery's got like 100. So, like Noah Kane's way more experienced. If he comes in and he's the starting running back, and John Emery splitting time with him or backing up, then that makes a lot of sense. It's just funny, like all the things I talked about around the SEC coming out of the spring, we're starting to get side sidelined a little bit by some of the mm-hmm. things that are, that are happening. Like I thought, oh, Haynes King won the job at AM last year. He's clearly going to be the guy this year. And then I'm hearing people, no, Max Johnson is just really making strides there. I'm like, all right, whatever. Then I guess I, I read that one wrong. Auburn, you know, that one's so up in the air. I've been saying Calzada the whole time. Some Somebody told me the other day, don't cut out T.J. Finley. And Bro, some, we did a space last night. They were talking about the Robbie Ashburn. There, yeah, there's – there, yes. it's Robbie Ashburn, the kid from Oregon. He won, like, Player of the Day award a few days ago, and everybody was like, oh, this might be the guy. I'm like, dude, he won a practice. Like, chill out. 
Wasn't uh, he the uh, MVP of the spring game too? Yeah, but like nobody yeah, so played Malik, uh, Malik Willis. So I mean, that that is uh, what's funny. Like too soon. The whole thing with with uh, with Jimbo and, and Max Johnson, I feel like you could kind of see that coming because one, I, nobody wants to see Haynes King, who looks like fucking Joffrey from Game of Thrones, like if if he was a, a Skeletor. Like nobody wants to watch that kid play football. Apparently, he's like a like a freak athlete. Yeah, I, it was it was funny. Somebody said to me yesterday, like I heard these two people arguing, and they were like, um, you know, who's the last good quarterback Jimbo's put in the NFL? And somebody said Kellen Mond. And I Googled Kellen Mond, and it said, Kellen Mond on the bubble may get cut by the Vikings. I'm like, the dude might not even make it two years in the NFL. Like, good <laughs> Lord, you, you Jimbo, like, what are you doing? Are like in the top 10, top 15 all time in the SEC. Yeah, Jimbo Jimbo can really sell to these recruits and these recruited classes like, hey, I'm going to get you to the NFL. Now, you won't stay there long, but I'm going to get you to the NFL. Like, that's all his quarterbacks at Florida State, Tyler. You know, E.J. Manuel, like Christian Christian Ponder, Ponder. all these poor dudes, first-round picks, and then, good Lord, three years later, they're selling insurance. Jimbo's selling a Christian Ponder scheme for sure, all these fucking quarterbacks. Um, (laughs) No, but, like, I I just thought Johnson was a logical fit. Johnson is, like – a more likable Felipe Franks and the fact that like nobody respects this kid at all. Um, but at the same time, like he, he had the same exact numbers. He's 27 and six, right? The touchdown interception shit. That's what Felipe did 2018. Nobody, nobody ever brought it up. Um, I just don't think Jimbo knows anything about like a run. Like Jimbo doesn't run from anything except for his problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> Max, John- if they go with Max Johnson, it's the safe pick, right? Son of right. Brad Johnson, Super Bowl champion with the bucks and all that. The problem with Max is, he man, he holds that ball way too long. Like that yeah. ball's got to come out quicker. And my God, if you have you seen the shakeup they've done at the AM staff, Damian Craig, who's been a wide receivers coach at LSU and at AM the last few years, they moved him. He's now coaching quarterbacks. The drill they were running at, at practice the other day was literally like run up to the line and just throw a jump ball. I'm like, if that's what he's coaching, good lord, the quarterback position is going to suffer at AM. But I, look again, like if it's Max, it's a safe bet, but. Does that mean AM goes undefeated? No. I mean, you're still going to lose two, three, maybe four games with Max Johnson. So um, I, I just wonder, like, I keep hearing from the AM fans, and I know we're bouncing around all over college football yeah, and the SEC. Okay. But, but, like, like, I keep hearing from AM fans, like, yeah, this is like, this is our year to get ready for next year. I'm like, good God, like, how Jesus many Christ. years are you going to do this? Like, guys, you, you've been in the you've been in the conference a decade. Eventually, you've got to win the West, right? Like one one year, you got to do it. I mean, I, I, I can't. I just can't. Like, they, it, you forget they went eight and four. Yeah, and, and like here's like here's the craziest part. Like how we get hoodwinked and the media and all the voters and everything. Like they're preseason top seven and top five in some of these polls, and I'm like. Are we ignoring that they went eight and four? And like, yeah. like if you want to use the quarterback was hurt excuse, okay. But like, explain to me how their quarterback situation has drastically improved right. from last year. Unless you think that like a bunch of these five star D linemen that they brought in are going to get a million sacks as true freshmen, then okay, then they'll have a dom- they'll have a Georgia like defense and they'll win games that way. Okay, With but like, it's crazy too. Like USC. USC was god-awful last year, right? They went four and eight. They gained this year, this offseason, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. People have them – they are 15th in the freaking coaches' poll. I'm like, that's still a terrible team. Like, Horrible. Lincoln Riley isn't good enough to take you from four and eight to undefeated. I just – Don't they have, like, the most – like, Tyler, you brought this up, right? Like, don't they have, like, the most 
like uh, future bets, like to make the the playoff or yeah. some shit like that. So no, we win the money. championship. Waste of freaking money. First off, Lincoln Riley never won a championship when he was at Oklahoma with Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah. Now he's gonna go do it with the crap. Look, USC gave up sixty-two points to UCLA last year. Like how and, that doesn't get better with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, I think LSU just scored another touchdown on him from the twenty nineteen playoff. Like <laughs> it's so bad. Like I, I just like how does how does Lincoln Riley dupe us all and get the benefit of the doubt? And we're sitting here literally on this podcast, and you're telling me, so Brian Kelly, six and six, huh? How does Brian Kelly not get the benefit of the doubt? He's a better coach than Lincoln Riley. Because yes. Brian Kelly is not – he's off-putting. He's like, you right now are you got a little Brian Kelly in you. You're red-faced, and you're mad. A little sweaty. Yeah, dig it. No, I, who, I'm always – that's why we're friends. Um, but, no, you're right. Like, I mean, like, it is It is odd. Like, I've, I really feel like this offseason especially I've noticed more and more the, the pre – like, the confirmation bias that people are just – digging in on it for certain things, certain teams, like in a, in a, I guess an adverse way, Texas is never going to be good at football again. I don't know if you know that. Well, like, real, real, real quick on Texas. So I dug into the numbers on them. They went five and seven last year. Right. I think four or five of their losses were by one score or less. Right. So like I can make a case, Texas could have maybe should have won nine games last year. And so had they done that, like, in other words, they're close. Like Sark, Man, you flip those games this year, you win nine games this year, nine, ten games, everybody will be throwing you a parade. So, like, they're close. Lincoln Riley and USC, to me, like, and I know they have a bunch of transfers come in. I know you got, what, Addison from from Pitt. I know you got some some transfers on that defense. I just, like, they didn't overhaul the entire roster that is suddenly going to make them the kings of the Pac-12. It's just... Oregon's still and good. In the same division as, as Utah, who's like the clear cut. Utah's still good. Yeah. I mean, there's all these other teams that are good. I just don't like, I, I need somebody to explain to me, like, why does Lincoln Riley consistently get the benefit of the doubt? Yet, like, somebody like Brian Kelly, oh, yeah, great coach in Notre Dame, but he'll go six and six at LSU. Why? Do you think part of this is because you're upset you guys didn't get Lincoln Riley? Um, Maybe, you know, that might be part of it. No, I, <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. They went, they went after him and, whether he duped them or whatever, it's pretty good consolation prize, right? Getting Brian yeah, Kelly. Him, I mean, yeah. long term, it's a better fit. And I think that, I mean, Lincoln, I don't think Lincoln duped you guys. I think he fucking panicked after he lost and like, whatever. He, he's been a very odd offseason. I, I will say that the, the bit of the doubt he's gotten at USC for with nothing. And like, even their NIL shit is like, is, is awful, right? Like, like they don't seem to have a, a grasp and a, and a handle on really anything in that program yet. I would pull for Oregon State to be to be Lincoln Riley. I mean, I would I, honestly. I think I would do that because I, I think this th- that is. I mean, that is a top fifteen from four and eight. Is it's kind of outrageous. From all the talk that he was running away from the SEC when he took the USC job, do you think he shit his pants when they joined the Big Ten? He's like, oh, no, damn. the Big I Ten. He gonna... shit when he ate that brisket he made, <laughs> <laughs> and it probably looked the exact same. Um, okay. Let's get you out of here on this because Dan's going to fucking kill us since we um, he's just going to be mad. He wants to go to bed. Let's do three questions. They're not going to be dick related. It's fine. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Um, Tyler, you want to start? What? Are, what? Are, what? Are, I only do dick questions. You start. That's, that's his thing, dude. That's his thing. <laughs> oh, <my> Lord. <laughs> dick jaggers, what they call them. Um, all if right. you could sh- if you could mold a hot dog into any shape. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> okay. Um, 
All right, I'll give, you, I'll give you one question because I kind of want to get into like some of the national stuff. You and, and by the way, I always give you, you a shout out when you're on here, but in general, like you do such a great job. I, I didn't realize until you brought it up on here publicly how much extra, how much more content you pumped out than I did last week. That's been good for you. Yeah, we're still we're still pumping it, pumping out the uh, SEC Media Days content. David Cutcliffe on the podcast right now. Great stuff. I saw that. I saw that. That's awesome. Um, so you had Connor on there too. He didn't have me, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, anyway. Kyle Guerra does an awesome job over at Saturday Down South. He does for sure. Um, so what I was going to say was, <laughs> who do you think? Like, give me, give me a breakout player that we have not, or team that we have not been discussed. If you say Oregon State, I'm going to fucking punch you through this computer. But like, who is a breakout player or breakout team? It could be SEC or nationally that that we haven't been talking about yet. So I've been work. I've been working. In, I've been in the lab with my pen and my pad working on this. Five under the radar SEC players to keep an eye on this year. You ready for this? No. Okay. One. Auburn wide receiver Coy Moore coming in okay. from LSU. Auburn's got some issues at, at, at wide receiver finding consistency there. I think Coy Moore is going to be a nice surprise for Auburn this year. Better than Georgia, Moore. <laughs> Georgia cornerback Nylon Green may not start the year as a starter. I think he's going to play a ton of football this year. They're still trying to figure yeah. out who's going to be that clear number two op- opposite Keely Ringo. I think Nylon Green's going to play a lot of football. Florida linebacker Derek Wingo. Again, may not, st- may not start the year, but I think he's going to play a lot down the stretch. Uh, this other guy, this is kind of an obvious one. Jaheim Bell at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read up on him, but they like, you know, they want to make him the next Debo Samuel. Like he's positionless. Like I know he played tight end last year, 500 yards, five touchdowns, but like he's, they want to get him the ball involved everywhere. So right. like he's one I think is going to be a big factor for South Carolina. And then Texas AM, I know it just shit on their quarterback play, but wide receivers, True freshman, by the way, Chris Marshall and Evan Stewart. If you if you follow yeah. them in the spring, everybody was gushing over Evan Stewart. He catches everything. He's only like five foot eleven, but he's like extending, going over people's heads and stuff. So I think both those guys are good. By the end of this year, we'll be looking back going, Chris Marshall and Evan Stewart had breakout freshman years at AM. And really, like, I know they're playing a nice Smith, like running back, turned mm-hmm. wide receiver and all that, but like Who's the last big time wide receiver that you remember at AM? I mean, Mike Evans is the big one. Everybody Kirk and Mike Evans. Yeah, Christian Kirk. I mean, it's it's been a while since there's been like a big time. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, you had him, quarterback slash wide receiver. Yeah. So but anyway, I think I think Marshall and Stewart, I think, are gonna have big uh, big years for AM this year. So there you go. There's your five under the radar SEC players that I've been working on. Oh, we got two more non-dick related. Go. If you guys have one in the comments, no, no. No, we got We got to get out of here, Chris. Dan, Dan needs <laughs> oh, the podcast. Tall. Tyler wants to see his family. <laughs> Chris, right, well, guys, that's the dedication we have to you guys. Um, preseason preview show to just strictly LSU. Um, Gordy, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, and by the way, so we are coming to like LA, we're coming to Baton Rouge again. Um, I'm going to do my best to not ignore all my friends that I don't ever see yeah. because. Yeah, let's I- let's get together at a tailgate. You can disappear for three hours again. It'll be awesome. I was in an emotional, an emotionally tough place. Was that anyway. her name? Emotionally tough. That was her name. The girl, you were following. <laughs> Where they can find you? <laughs> Locked on SEC is the uh, podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, we're on YouTube now, so you can watch the video version. And uh, yeah, maybe one day we'll have. We actually, I need to get. We'll get Tyler on first to preview LSU Florida State, and maybe somewhere down the road we'll get Marler back. Get on. Will. Get Will on. All right, we'll talk to you. <laughs> All right, that's it for tonight. All right, guys, appreciate it, Gordy. Thanks. Thanks, Gordy. All righty, Chris. That's the end of the podcast. 
Fuck you guys. I'll talk to you later. Hey, everybody come to the live event. Okay. All right, bye.